1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X. On Oilers Radio, 630K. Geez,
0: this uh this is rather ironic. Missed it by about one year, if I recall. On this date back in 1983, Wayne Gretzky set a playoff record for points in a game. He had four goals and three assists, seven points. The Oilers pummeled the flames 10-2 in game three of the uh, Smythe Division final that year. That game was in Calgary. Uh, The record was broken six years later by Devils forward Patrick Sundstrom, who had eight points in a game for New Jersey, and that is the last time we've ever mentioned Patrick Sundstrom's name at the same time that we've mentioned Wayne Gretzky's. What I remember about that 10-2 game, uh, Dave Smeiko got a match penalty, filled in, uh, had a fight with Tim Hunter, and uh, Smeiko won the early part of it. Hunter got a bunch of those soft late punches in late, and then Smeiko bit of a cheap shot dropped Hunter with one sort of with the refs in between the linesman in between the two. And then Poplinski jumped in there. Donnie Jackson jumped in there. And the Oilers ended up outscoring the Flames on while killing off the major penalty. That was at the height of Edmonton's abilities to kill shorthanded goals and, or score shorthanded goals. By the way, the Oilers have the three top playoff shorthanded goal scores in NHL history. A guy that's never been left shorthanded or short-winded, Elliot Friedman for NHL Hockey on Rogers joins us right now.
1: Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? That was pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Winded. I like well, that. Very well done. I,
0: I uh, you know, that game, that, it's funny because, uh, and of course you are with Sportsnet, and uh, coming up tomorrow night, I think you guys have got it 5, 7, and 9, Three of the battles of Alberta from this season, if I'm not mistaken, they yes, sort of
1: and, and also I, I must be fight night at Sportsnet because we're also airing the um, the Good Friday massacre between the Canadians and the Nordiques. Oh wow! Uh, that, that, about... I, I, that was one of my favorite games growing up.
0: Back in 1984. Yeah. Well, and then that one, Quebec had a two nothing lead, and Peter Stachny got tossed out of the game. And the reaction on Michelle Bergeron's face, right? He was. I just remember Dale Hunter was just stirring it up. And did the Nordiques not beat the Canadians in the '83 and '85 playoffs? But the yes. Canadi- yes. Canadians, because because Hunter scored in '83, and I think Stashney scored in '85. So, yeah, were
1: you and go and for it. I remember too in that one in, in the game that we're talking about the Good Friday game. There was the big brawl at the end of the second period, and they forgot to tell everybody who was ejected. So, all the guys who were thrown out came on the ice at the third, and they started again. Was Spruce Hood the ref for the? Who was yes. the ref? For, yes, he was. Last yes. last game, last game he ever refed, right? Yeah, and he did, he didn't like to talk about that. Like he ran a, I believe a travel. Yeah, he ran a, a, a travel agency in Toronto, and I understand that that's not an easy one to talk about because there was one player. Uh, Jean Hamel, who was seriously injured in the fight, so it was it was crazy. Like it was, I remember watching that, and um, you know, I, I, I remember I, I believe it was Steve shot to Mark Hunter in the intermission. What are you going to do about this? Like it was, it's, it was a crazy, crazy. Scene. Well, the
0: what part we should explain to the listeners: part, part of the, the criticism of Hood was that the players that were What's kicked that? out. Yeah. was was that they were kicked out of the game and they were allowed to come back on the ice for the start of the third period guys that yeah. had already been kicked out of the game and the Canadians were livid with Louis Slayer who had you know cheap shotted and broke the orbital boat on Jean Amel, and uh, and all hell broke loose again and then they Mark Hunter went at Dale hunter at one point and Randy moeller was uh, was was well, Randy Moeller would have done lots of those back in his day's, days growing up in Red Deer. I mean, he played for... There were
1: uh, a lot of tough players on those teams. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: John, He played for John Chapman. That's all you need to know. He's one of the toughest coaches in junior history back in the day. In fact, he's still Pro Scouts uh, Elliot for Philly. And I th- I know this. I know he could take Speck, and he might be listening right now. So, anyhow... <laughs>
1: That's how a you low did- bar.
0: Uh, well, Mark's coming up at 1 o'clock. He can defend himself. Uh... All right, so we had Brian Burke on the show yesterday, and Burke, uh, of course, this would not surprise you, uh, gave us a significant dose of reality on sort of a pragmatic approach. Can we have a you know a potential startup, Elliot? Yeah. You and me have talked about this a lot over the last week uh, separately. The last two days, you know, Trudeau and Dr. Tam have really focused on sort of recognizing one of the major challenges in this country and to me if I read between the lines a bit realizing we've, we've got to do a great job quarantining a specific area still got to continue social distancing but I, I think they're coming to terms with the fact that if we can take care of a couple of these areas there might emphasis on might Elliot be a, a little bit of a glimmer of hope here to slowly and gradually open things up in May.
1: Well, I don't know. I I wonder if May is too soon. Uh, like, again, I'm not involved, talking. Right? I'm
0: not talking hockey, and I'm not talking fans. Yeah. I'm saying we we. You know, you can have maybe 25 people in an event. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, put it this way. I think if we're playing this summer, there's not going to be any fans. I think we're all right. getting pretty much resigned to that. Yeah, and we'd all love to have fans there because they're so important. But it's not happening. Um, okay, I think I think it's more likely that um, it'll be. We'll probably know one way or the other whether it's possible sometime mid to late June. And we'll see where we are and where it's going. And can you bring players back from wherever they are? Like, you know, Sweden's got some looser rules than everybody else right now. I think you can have up to 50 people there. And yes. there's guys skating there. And, uh, but, you know, I, I think that's the thing. You know, can people get back into Canada or the U.S.? What are the possibilities of this? Um, you know, I think that's when we're going to have an idea of whether or not we're going to have anything this summer. And, you know, earlier today, uh, Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, admitted that he's talked to the league about New Hampshire. And we know that North Dakota's come up. And I'm kind of wondering if if schools, like universities, which are now admitting they're probably not going to open to students in September, are going to be the key to this. You know, I'll tell you, someone was saying to me yesterday that if if it was his decision, he would, would, and you could use California, he'd put the teams at Disney. And then you could use Anaheim in L.A. But we know the mayor of L.A. has said there might not be sporting events until 2021. Right. But I do think that these kinds of things are going to be all looked at. And Bob, I think, we will know probably sometime around June, mid to late June, if this is even going to be possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be we're a we're
1: all guessing right now. I mean, we're all guessing. Absolutely.
0: We are now, did, all did, guessing. Now, I believe it was uh, the TSN guys reported yesterday about a conversation with uh, Batman and Trudeau. Yeah. Did you Did you see as Do you know if that's taken place yet?
1: I don't know if that's taken place.
0: Okay. Okay. It's interesting, uh, you know, because obviously, do you would you? Trump has certainly give us given us an indication in the states, and again, this is it doesn't matter what your opinion on Trump is, but he certainly give us the impression that he'd like to see sports start up again. Would you not hey, agree, hey, I, You
1: know, I, I've mentioned this in a couple of radio hits I've done today, Bob. Like I was talking with a governor of the league yesterday, and he said to me, like, even if you think Trump is a goof, which he is. Then, you know, when you have the president on the phone with you telling you that he really wants you to play this summer, it's tough thing to say no to. Now, I I think we all know that nothing is happening unless they're given clearance. Like Trump can't just unilaterally say, "Okay, you're playing games. He can't. So number one is, are the leagues going to get clearance to do this? That's question number one. So if you're a league, you better know that if you do get that clearance, you have to be ready. So I think that's what all these leagues are looking at is can we be ready? Um, can, if we're told you can play, what's your plan? And I just think that's what they're all working on is a plan.
0: If they were to do a regional playdown similar to the NCAA when they get to the Sweet 16 level, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, could there be a Canadian market that makes sense?
1: I, I, you know, the one thing is that I mean, sure there are. I mean, I mean, I, I think Edmonton could do it. You have a beautiful rink. You have lots of hotel rooms there. I think places in Saskatchewan could do it. I think there's Canadian markets that make sense. I think the biggest question right now, Bob, is going to be. Are like the like Trump appears to be the most gung ho guy about this. Is Canada going to be as gung ho? That's and fair. And are you going to be able to cross borders?
0: Hundred percent. I mean, right now you're looking at a two week uh, self quarantine when that occurs, right?
1: So, might it be better to get everybody in one country?
0: Aha, uh-huh. aha. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Uh, we're joined by Elliot Freeman for friends at the River Cree Resort, Concedo Bob Stauffer with you on Orders Now, what do you think of the Dustin Bufflin scenario? Well,
1: I, I listened to the conference call today with Kevin Sheveldayoff, and it was nice to hear him, like, kind of give the timeline of, you know, talking to him on the night before camp, talking to him again the next day. Um, you know, the one thing we had heard that maybe Bufflin might want to trade, Sheveldayoff threw cold water on that. He said that he asked him if he wanted to trade, and Bufflin said no. And, um, you know, I think we all knew that it was headed to this. I think there's interest in Bufflin, Bob. I I do. I think teams will reach out if they haven't already. I believe it's possible that they have. And they just said that um, I just don't know if the guy wants to play. Um, I don't think anybody really knows. also said there's only one guy who knows, and that's Bufflin. And, you know, I go back to what I reported last year, which I really believe is that he went away at the end of last season and his ankle was sore and he just said, ah, screw it, I'll I'll heal up over the summer. And when he started skating again at the end of the summer, it wasn't better. And he was like, you know what, I play hard, I play a lot of minutes, I don't want to go into a season like this. And that's why he stopped up. And... Um, you know, I, you know, people say, oh, he walked away from 14000000 million. You're right. That's a big number for anybody. But this is a guy who made a lot more money than he ever thought he was going to. He lives a really easy existence. He's got a young family. He can take care of them with what he's earned. He can hunt. He can fish. I don't think he's a guy who's got a lot of extravagant tastes. And he can take care of, them, uh, of his family, which is the most important thing with what he's earned. And uh, I don't know if he's ever going to play again, um, but I, I do know this: I know that if he wants to, there will be interest.
0: Uh, I just hopped on our Ashley Fineflour's text line, uh, Elliot, and you certainly have uh, drawn a response from some of our listeners. On your why um, would I
1: call Trump? A loop?
0: <laughs> Look, man, we I'm have a wide
1: range. We, we have, man, have a wide ranging listenership, right? Like, listen Elliot, the- I, I will. I will tell all your listeners this. I don't like any politicians. I don't like them. I am not a fan of politicians in general. So I'm an equal opportunity disliker, I will tell you all that. So what are your thoughts on Trudeau? <laughs> I don't like politicians. I don't think they say. I'm not a fan. I'm really
0: all right. Not fan. All right. There we go. Uh... <laughs> Usually, usually I'm the one that's called a goof on this show, not a fan. Well, you're a pretty, goof too, Bob. Well, thanks. <laughs> I get reinforced that on a daily basis for my two kids. So that's how life—that's how life goes right now. So we're in the situation that we're in, uh, and it's—it's it's been challenging. Uh, Brian Burke was on yesterday. He said, "You know, Bob, if we end up in a situation here where we can't play all of next season, and that's an obvious." Absolute worst case scenario. We, like, yeah, like you know, like there, there are people out there that Elliot will say, "Sorry, why do we have to have like we haven't had vaccines for other challenges, Like, and this is a significant challenge.
1: Make no mistake. But, and I, I and know I know, I, I'm not Bob. I'm not listening to this garbage. Okay, here's the problem. All right, yeah, go for. It. We interviewed a guy this week, uh, Dr. Craig Donaldson. who yes. played. He was an OI played for the fan. Kings. Yeah. No, 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 no not you're. you're you're t- I'm talking about the Oshawa Generals. Oh, um, okay. Was he, he a Western it- Ontario guy? Yeah, he went to the Memorial Cup. Yeah. Um, he went to the Memorial Cup, and he won it with Eric Lindros's Oshawa Generals. Then he went to Western, and then he went to med school. And now he's a doctor. He, he works in an emergency room, and he has a side gig working for two long term care facilities, go which for he it. can't go into right now. He does virtual work because he is also doing emergency. And what he said to me was, um, the issue is capacity. He said that when you are, or when you're trained to be a doctor, you are prepared to learn about mass capacity in situations. Where at that point in time, you have to make the choice. You have to make ethical choices on, you know, who, who lives and who doesn't, really. And he says that that's what we have to prevent, is the mass capacity so that we don't have to make those choices. And if we can't recognize that, you know, I mean, look, I think that what we're going through right now is painful. Nobody's getting away unscathed, whether it's emotionally, financially, or or, uh, with an illness. But we have to take some time, and and hopefully people will act smart. And, you know, there was a story yesterday about a company in the States that seems to have some early success with a particular drug. You know, the one thing I really agree with, Bob, is there's no way we're putting or we're holding society back for a year till we get a vaccine. It's just it's not possible. People can't live like that. But we have to get to the next stage, which is mass testing or something like that. And uh, before we can ease this up and look, like I'm going to be we're affected as much as anybody else is. Um, But we have to get through this in the short term.
0: And just so you're aware, speaking of capacity, in the last seven days in the province of Alberta, uh, ICU totals, and Alberta has over 100 hospitals, Elliot, ICU totals for COVID-19 have ranged between 10 to 14. Like well, we're I, we're I'm, we're,
1: I'm, we're we're lucky I'm, here. We're you're, lucky. You're here. very fortunate, and I hope it stays that way.
0: Yes, and that's a, that's a fair perspective to have. All right. Well, yeah. You, and and that's the point I was making, Elliot, Is Berkey said if we don't go for eighteen months here with hockey, we are going to be looking at a forty million dollar salary cap. And I'm kind of thinking, I, I how I, would I,
1: how and how I, would I we do believe, that, Bob, I don't believe Bob that that I don't believe it is possible to expect people to put their lives not just hockey players but everybody like that's you know and actually the thing i worry about the most is now that we're feeling that the people are feeling the financial pressure is the decisions that they'll have to make in their lives and i i i'm very concerned about that because life's hard out there on people but i, I believe when it comes to the cap and anything um i i think they'll try to keep it as close to 81.5 as they can I think they'll work some things around there. I think that the league will try to, like the players' escrow, they'll try to ease it out over a few years. I've reported that I think they're going to work on a new CBA and probably are, as we speak, even though they keep denying it. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is, I, I think this is a time that 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 begs for uh, two sides to work together, and I think they're going to try.
0: Did you watch any of Narcos? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, did you watch Narcos Mexico or just Narcos?
1: Narcos. I haven't watched Narcos Mexico yet, but I will.
0: Man, I'll tell you, that is one tough
1: life. <laughs>
0: I don't uh, oh, like like when you think about. And hey, we all grew up. Uh, did you ever do the uh, Scarface drinking game?
1: No, what's that? i put played a lot of drinking games, but not that one.
0: When I was at uh, the U of A in the late 1980s, we used to do the Scarface drinking game. Every time that uh, Al Pacino drops a uh, a uh, word you're not supposed to say uh, one of those seven words on TV, uh, an f bomb, uh, you have yeah. to have another. You have to have another shot.
1: These must have been plastered in the first ten minutes.
0: You're absolutely tanked within 10 yeah. to 15 minutes of it. Uh, but uh, I've I've I can tell you that I've I've ranged from Mindhunter to Ozark. Uh, Narcos, and I'm now onto Narcos, uh, Mexico, and I'm t- there's some. Uh, th- this is stuff I would have never done, Elliot. I didn't even know how to to, to do Netflix. To, I didn't know how to do Netflix, so yeah. my you know my daughter had to show me how to. Okay, uh, Boomer. Exactly. I, um, I'm that guy.
1: You know, I uh, I really like uh, Ozark. Season three was excellent. Agreed. Um, there's there's a show on Amazon called Bosch. And, What's it about? Uh, it's a basically, he's a cop in, in L.A., um, and it's really good, and I think season six just dropped, so I really like that one. Um, uh, you know, and I've said this uh, before, I don't know if you've ever watched The Shield, Bob, but that's my favorite show ever. There Seven you go. seasons, it's dynamite.
0: Elliot, uh, we'll, we'll continue down this path, and uh, hopefully we'll uh... – We'll uh we'll have a little bit more hockey to talk about but maybe not in the short term I think that's fair to say we're we're looking still uh several weeks out to say the least
1: Have a good weekend Absolutely, Elliot Bob. Take care you too take care bye
0: Yep, say hi to Max. All right, it is 12.52 at Edmonton. We will uh, take a timeout. Elliot Friedman was our headliner today, presented by the fine, and I do mean the fine folks at Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of you and your family during these uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. That is Touchback back safety. It is currently 12.53 at Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. out. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shet. All right, we get an email from uh, Keegan to my global news account. Didn't know people could do that. Bob, uh, should this pandemic make the leaders in the game and the PA uh, look at how the league conducts its business in regards to revenue and salaries without fans paying the way salary caps are in limbo with our economy. And the fact, uh, playing without fans, I think everybody needs to look at a more fail safe approach to keeping salaries and the cap in a more stable state. The league and the teams have been allowed to charge whatever they want. And teams and players make money hand over fist. I'm with Brian Burke. The game of hockey is in really bad shape. Um, Well, I mean, I don't think there's any... I think... There's a lot of uh, economic models that are going to be challenged for a lot of companies out there. Uh, Darren has texted, I mentioned uh, 10 to 14 people in ICU in the province over the last week. Bob, the low ICU numbers are because of the isolation. If the isolation ended, the numbers would increase dramatically, and there is that perspective out there. Sebastian has Texas. show, I don't think the finances are going to be as much of a concern as this guy thinks. People uh, with money still have money and are still earning money, and they're the main ones who bought tickets from Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. I do think it's going to be a bit of a channel, uh, change, uh, a, a challenge, and there will be a change as a result of it. Uh... <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Trump may be an idiot, but he forgot more about business than Trudeau and Marno ever did. As my son in the U.S. said, we elected an entertainer. You guys elected a guy in love with himself. Okay. Okay. Former defenseman Mark has texted the show. He's become a popular texter here over the last week. I'm going to try to be kind. Elliot's premise about the cap staying at near, where it currently is, based on the NHL, being able to maintain current ticket prices. That's pretty optimistic. That depends on how many businesses end up having to permanently close. This will largely be determined... By how long they are forced to stay closed while maintaining fixed expenses with no income. Have to be honest, I know that Brian Burke's assessment is the most accurate. His take on what gets cut within family budgets is where the rubber uh, meets the road. That one comes to us from former defenseman Mark. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. One more here. Uh, salary cap was uh, four. Salary cap forty. 40 million in 2021 probably 30 million in 2022 they'll have a major issues with existing contracts realize 30 to 70 percent of companies will go bankrupt so it's 40 to 70 percent left will not be spending on uh uh sports that's a uh, tax that's coming well we'll we'll have to wait and see to see how many co- like do we think that 30 to 70 percent of the companies are going to go bankrupt out there for everybody's sake, let's hope like hell that's not the case. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Kerry McCarthy, when we come back, uh, yes, he's a top economist himself, Mark Spector, when we return.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.